Hello and welcome to Pain Speak, the podcast it doesn't hurt to listen to. Your host, Dr. Deepak Ravindram, has over 20 years of experience treating patients with acute and persistent pain and has been an NHS consultant for more than 10 years. He is a fellow of the Faculty of Pain Medicine at the Royal College of Anaesthetists and holds qualifications in both musculoskeletal and lifestyle medicine. Dr. Ravindran is currently the clinical lead for pain medicine at the Royal Berkshire Hospital. The doctor will see you now. Hello and welcome back to this final episode in this series of the Pain Speak podcast. Since the release of my book, The Pain-Free Mindset, I've been sent a number of questions around the book and I thought I would do a few episodes to clarify these questions here. In the last two episodes, I have gone through a series of questions and therefore in this final episode, I shall outline actually what is covered in my book. One of the first things I wanted to clarify out the outset was one question that came along, have I trashed all drugs and injections and surgeries? And are the surgeons going to be very cross with me? Well, I want to reassure my listeners here that I don't think that's really the case. I've had a few surgeons actually review the book and they've all come back and said the same thing, that there are a lot of things that they have learned from this book around the neuroscience of pain which has been very useful to them and their practice. In reality, I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I do make it a point to say that there is a definite role for surgery. But all I'm urging is for patients like yourself to not think that surgery is the final and the definitive fix. Unfortunately, the evidence and the science does not say it is. And there's in fact a professor of orthopedic surgery called Ian Harris from Australia who has gone through it in a lot more painstaking detail than I have. Check out his book called The Surgery, The Ultimate Placebo. I think it's available on Amazon. And he goes through in his book in great detail on the various flaws in which surgery is being done and what is being done to address those flaws and those misconceptions and those fallacies. So it is heartening to note that people are looking at surgery in a more critical scientific fashion. And I think that's very important because that will give us the answers of which surgeries are going to be most useful and which surgeries represent the best value of making patients pain-free when it comes to that. But otherwise, till then... I ask all of you as patients, as healthcare professionals, that when you speak to your surgeons or specialists or your GPs about forthcoming surgery, is to ask these four questions from the Choosing Wisely website. Is what are the benefits of any surgery that you're proposing? What are the risks of that surgery? What are the alternatives to that surgery if it's indicated? And actually, the most important question, what if you do nothing? I think once you've clarified these four questions, what I call the brand approach in my book, then please go ahead. If you find that surgery ticks 
the answer to your question and you've gone through these four other choices in your head, then go for surgery if that's the right thing to do. This is Pain Speak with Dr. Deepak Ravindran. In my book, I do deal with about seven chapters detailing these seven aspects of the mindset. But I talk about medications and interventions. And yes, I do mention that there are issues with medications as well. And it is no secret. Unfortunately, every pain medicine there is, I'm not going to call it a painkiller because there are no such things as painkillers. But every medication for pain has problems. You know, paracetamol, we must be careful if there are liver problems. Non-steroidals like ibuprofen and neurofen have their issues with tummy problems and kidney issues. Everybody knows that there are issues with opioids around codeine and tramadol and morphine and patches and fentanyl. So I won't go into them in this episode, but I'll come to it later. And then, of course, we have issues with the newer kind of drugs like gabapentin, pregabalin, the antidepressant-like drugs. Each of them have their stigmas. Each of them are controlled drugs and they all have problems of their own. So we do not have a safe enough or a good enough analgesic medication, which is why I ask people to be cautious to discuss with their doctors very clearly on what kind of benefit they want from the drug while they pursue their activity and their life goal. And that's what I try to talk about medications as well, is to tailor the medication you need to achieve the function and the rehabilitation you need, rather than to take drugs just to become pain-free, because that is unlikely to happen. So, The mindset gives a blueprint, a plan that we need to put in place based on all aspects of ways to overcome pain. And what does that mean? One of the options and readers have asked is, so what does that mean about the mindset? So after the seven chapters that deal with the various aspects of the medications, interventions, neuroscience, diet, nutrition, sleep, exercise and physical activity and finally mind-body therapies, I help you put it all together. I help create a blueprint of a plan so that you can see at a glance on which part of the mindset you haven't tried or given a full attention to. And it means that you can actually go back and try it using the principles of neuroplasticity and understanding the importance of the habit loop. Now the habit loop is essentially a way of forming a new habit to relearn and form a new circuit that allows you to rethink and unlearn a habit that's not needed, a protective or an overprotective response of pain that's not needed. And I've been very influenced by the work of Charles Duhigg, who has written the original work on habit formation and more recently on people like James Clear and BJ Fogg, because they make it very clear that if you can put in a sequence of how you want to form a new habit, you take out the myth of motivation and you place the role of context and what you want to achieve, and more importantly, put a flare-up plan in place. Because as with any new thing that you're going to try, there's always the chance that it won't go right the first time or the first few times. 
And that means as far as pain is concerned, when you try to do something slightly differently, you might get a flare up. So it's important to actually put a flare up plan in place and a part of the book goes into what are the elements of flare up plan? How do you create such a checklist and ensure that you have it to hand so that you can put it in place when you're doing something new for the first time? And then, of course, if you do need more professional help, there is the option for going to your GP because these days you've got a lot of interested GPs who are able to do group consultations either face-to-face or virtually or even online to give you that benefit locally close to you at your home. But if that is not possible or that's not available in your area, then that would be the time to get referred to your local friendly pain clinic where they would have a pain management program that allows you to do that. Because that's what will be a way to create a new habit that can forever change the way pain is perceived and it can be rethought and you can unlearn an overprotective habit and form a new, more safer habit that will become more ingrained and that will then allow you to become pain-free, possibly and hopefully. One of the last questions that was asked is, what would the future be like? What am I promising with my book? Can people actually become pain-free? And at this stage, I'll have to say that putting these plans into place, putting the blueprint of the pain-free mindset into place, very much depends on you to do some initial steps and to overcome and rethink some of the original concepts or thoughts you had about your pain. Because once you're able to bring that attention and that knowledge and that awareness, then you can definitely start forming new habits and that can get you to a greater level of function and a greater level of living your life the way you want to live it. And it might mean that not all of your pain goes away, but you could certainly come off a lot of your medications. You could certainly have much clearer ways of thinking and enjoying life. And at the end of the day, that's what a lot of pain management programs try to help you achieve. A better quality of life, irrespective of the intensity of pain. And the more you focus on the quality of life there, the intensity of pain starts to go down and it can be very manageable or even negligible on many given days. And I'm going to end with actually thinking about the various components of the mindset where advances are happening. So for example, with the M, we are thinking and understanding that medicinal cannabis could have a way in restoring the equilibrium between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic system. So there is a possibility that evidence will eventually be good enough to trial drugs like that. There is a possibility that there would be medicines that can calm the immune system in your brain and switch the immune system from being harmful and overprotective to a more protective form that will also allow in easing the pain. So you can have drugs in that way. 
There might be newer interventions. After all, we are talking about how do you change the brain using electricity. So neuromodulation and virtual realities would be ways and new interventions that harness the power of neuroscience and bring it forward there. We are already seeing how digitals and wearables and trackers can help us form these habits and habit loops much easier than ever before. So that would be the next step in the future that's coming through. And then we've got more better understanding of our diet and nutrition and the role of prebiotics and probiotics and intermittent fasting, all of which can act in calming the immune system down and restoring some amount of stability in the immune system, which will have a role in also calming the nervous system as well. And there might be ways of stimulating the vagus nerve, which can achieve the same impact. We're also understanding newer evidence about yoga, about other alternative or what we used to think complementary therapy techniques like mindfulness and meditation, which we can see are changing the nerve circuits, building new nerve circuits and harnessing neuroplasticity. So all these can be definitely various aspects that can be advanced and will be more accessible and available. At the end, I'm going to leave you with these thoughts by Adam Grant again from the book Rethink. He outlines how that in this rapidly changing world, the most crucial skill that we have is being able to rethink and unlearn and reevaluate our opinions and decisions as we go along. He says actually that in our minds at all times, you listening to me now and all the healthcare professionals that I work with, is that in, in any one of us at any, any time, we have a preacher, we have a prosecutor, we have a politician, and we have a scientist. And it's time for you now to take up that role of the pain-free mindset and what this book allows because it really empowers you to understand the various ways that pain can be reduced and overcome rather than hoping for a quick fix or a miracle. Patients, just like you, are leading more fulfilling lives with better quality and are on fewer drugs and have not needed surgical fixes. So it all starts with understanding the nervous system and awakening the scientist in you rather than giving in to the preacher, the politician or the prosecutor. And if you understand the protective role of pain through evolution, that means it gives you more opportunities to overcome your pain. Well, thank you for listening this far and to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. In future episodes, I'm going to be talking with many of the patients and researchers who helped me write this book, but then also going on to more relevant topics within the pain world now. There are the guidelines that are coming out from NICE on the management of chronic pain. And more importantly, there are other advances that are happening which will make a difference and we shall cover them in future episodes of the Pain Speak podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pain Speak podcast. 
This is your host, Dr. Deepak Ravindran, signing off now. I'll see you then in the next episode.